Hello, everyone. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we're going to be talking about representation in the media and how it affects mental health and bisexual people. So I have an article here from the Daily Beast, which is entitled The Media Doesn't Know How to Talk About Bisexuality by Samantha Allen. It was written this year, so it's pretty recent. The article itself is pretty fantastic. You should definitely go check it out. The idea is that bisexual people comprise over half of the LGBT community, at least in the United States, yet bisexual people are never mentioned in the media or mentioned much more rarely than um, straight or gay people. For example, in 2017, the New York Times tweeted the word bisexual seven times and the word gay well over a hundred times. And when you look at the headlines, there were only three. There was an article about a fan petitioning asking for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman to be bisexual in the sequel. There was a self-help article about coming out. And there was also a fashion slideshow. And so those were the three headlines that mentioned bisexuality in 2017 in the New York Times. Um, The situation is pretty much the same across USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. And basically, this just goes to show that bisexuality is pretty much still invisible in the mainstream media. And yet, it's very, we know that representation is very important, actually for even mental health reasons. And it's, it's actually my thesis topic. I'm working on the, um, on the positive effects of representation when it's positively perceived and for all LGBTQ women, but I also specific results for bisexuals and it's and it's very uh, it's very interesting. I'm just in the early um, early stage of uh, analyzing the results. There, there's clearly an effect that uh, the more people are exposed to positive uh, representation uh, in the media, the more they they develop positive, solid LGBTQ identity. And that having that very uh, strong of who you are, that positive LGBTQ identity. He's known um, to uh, protect against uh, it's a protective factors against mental health issues. So we know there's a link there. I mean, that's what I'm studying, and that's uh, the early finding is that there's a link. One of my results is that compared to other um, uh, LGBTQ women, bisexual women have uh, a little less their their identity average is not as good as other LGBTQ women. Uh, so the need is even more important there, and the presentation is a lot, lot more uh, rare than than any other. So what do you mean is that bisexual women have more identity issues in general? Yeah, it's hard, it's more difficult to build a strong, positive uh, LGBTQ identity as a bisexual person in general. It's not not just not my research; there are other research that show that um, because you are. It's what we always talked about. It's being you torn into two worlds, kind of, and all the myths that we talked about last time, they actually hurt, and and make it more difficult to to build that identity. Also, for the people, they can just you know ignore who they are, what they feel for a long time because. They can hide um, behind their attraction to uh, the, uh, the expected gender, the socially normative, heteronormative attraction, but but they're not that, and that actually hurt them. 
and they can have symptoms, developmental health issue because of it. You mean symptoms like depression and, and anxiety and such? Mainly, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you think that having more positive representation in the media would actually help consolidate their identity? It seems like my, my first results from my, from my, my study actually show that. And especially if people, people feel that um, what they see on screen help them with their self-esteem, it's really helped them to have this stronger sense of identity uh, as an LGBTQ person. Okay, that's, that's interesting. So, but what kind of a representation are people looking for? Is it something that is utopian? And I believe that we've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Is it more of a utopian representation or is it just someone who is both bi and badass but also realistic, <laughs> which, is, which is the right one? It really depends on people, actually. Okay. Um, that that's very interesting. There's there's uh, several phenomenon there. Um, uh, it's true that being badass <laughs> is something that that most at least my participants are looking for in the representation. It's like feeling empowered by the characters they see on screen is very seems to be very important, and also the fact that it's reassuring when those people are you know have their happy ending. It's very, very, very rare. But when there's those happy ending happenings, it's like, okay, I'm reassuring you that, you know, it's going to be possible for you too. And, and your research is focusing more on queer women. Yeah. Um, you're not uh, talking about men I, in your research. I actually couldn't okay. because the representation in the media between men and women in general, it's, it's so different that you can't really compare and that would be too much work yeah. to do all of that for just a, a, a thesis. Do you think that if there there were more men in the media that were bisexual, real or fictional characters, that more men would be more comfortable with coming out as bisexual? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm convinced of that. I mean, it's not based on any kind of results, but yeah, I'm convinced of that. And you just have to uh, to. I mean, you know, when you're online and you see people talking about their experience, uh, it's not scientific uh, scientific process, but you see that both men and women. Uh, say that it helped them to know that it was possible and it was mostly through the media because people who have this the chance of having someone close to them growing up that would be uh, bi or, or, or gay in that matter um, it's very rare that happens and so the media is the next best, best thing and so we're going to talk about this later in, in a different podcast, um, but I wanted to ask you what's your favorite bio representation? <laughs> I mean, it's 2018, in the current year, as of February 22nd, what is your favorite by character in the media? Right now? Yeah. Hmm. Actually, was, who's openly by and it's said on screen, which is so, so rare. <laughs> I think it's like, I don't, I don't think I have that many people to choose from. True. And and I say that as a, for a bi woman, it would definitely be Rosadias from Broken Nine Nine. Yeah, I and can get that. <laughs> <laughs> She's not my top though, but yeah. Oh, she is mine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so it's really an identification thing for me, okay. not more than a crush. Uh, and I would say that I do also like Daryl in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because he's a guy, but also you can see him being married, having a kid and being then in, in a relationship with a guy. And that's also um, seeing both sides and that, uh, and just, and that he says very explicitly that he's still bi no matter what. 
Yeah, yeah. He says it in song, which I think is the best way to say it. Um, I definitely agree with the Daryl thing, and it's not only because it's a great character and the way mm. they introduced it was so, like, in your face, which is what I loved about it, but also it, there's even fewer choices when it comes to bisexual men in the media. So kind of right now he's my default. And when it comes to women, I guess I would also say... Rosa Diaz, just because she has so many facets to her personality, and I do have a crush on her. I, I have to admit that. And of course, you know, Gal Gadot is gorgeous, but we don't really have an official confirmation that Wonder Woman is bisexual, at least in the movie franchise. Yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna go to my fantasy world and pretend that she is. Yeah, no, if she was openly bi, she would be my favorite representation, let's face it, because it's for a lot of reasons. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, and, and, and you know, we also were talking about that before, is that we didn't have that any bi-representation growing up in our experiences. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you are, and <laughs> uh, when I was a teenager, which gave you my, an idea of my age, I was uh, watching Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, but that was so gay, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was gay, and, and the Will O'Tara thing was great, but also for me, it felt that something was wrong. Mm. because she was in that loving relationship with Oz and all of a sudden she's a lesbian Mm -hmm. and okay it's really possible because you know heteronormativity okay but for me okay maybe maybe if at that time that character had been identified as bi Mm. I would have understood that being bi was not just loving sex (laughs) (laughs) and maybe it would have helped me uh, in my own coming out process Mm. and I wouldn't have lost so many years trying to figure out what I was and who I was. I have to say that I think my first experience, one of my first experiences with bi characters specifically, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't said that they were bi. Um, It was with Sailor Moon, because Sailor Moon, it it already had um, a lesbian couple, but in the later arc, they actually had, like, characters that were male in real life, but then they, like, turned female and they transformed into their whatever fighters, things that they were. Mm -hmm. So it was never explicitly said that they were, like, transgender Mm -hmm. or or bisexual or anything, but it was very heavily implied that they, like, turned into their female forms to entice men more easily. I think that was one of the lines (laughs) that were said. And I was like, okay, so what is it? And and the the guy, at at least, like, in human form, Mm -hmm. whatever, the guy, he hit on the main character on Sailor Moon pretty heavily. But then he wore, she wore a, a, a tiny miniskirt. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a very confusing sort of gender bending yeah. time for me. And the the funny thing was is that in the U.S. that whole storyline was censored, and it was always like, no, they're women yeah, in France. Too. Um, in, in in Ukraine, that wasn't the case, probably because they didn't have any resources, and also nobody <laughs> wanted to sit through several hundred episodes of Sailor Moon just to censor parts out of it. So it was like very explicitly said. And I remember that my grandmother had this look of utter horror on her face when she caught me watching it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that was my first like that, and also um, another anime was Card Captor Sakura, in which the the main character's brother um, actually dates a guy who is also an angel, but a guy. Okay. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. It's anime. It's very complicated. Um, but yeah, it's like never said that they are together, but there are some moments that are, you know, there's a lot of tension. Um, and But the brother also like likes women openly. Yeah. But again, it's never said, so. 
Yeah, in Insight, I think there's also this anime that was very troubling for me, which was uh, Ranma. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, when I and I was when it was on in my country, it was pretty. I mean, young. I don't remember exactly what age, but uh, still, still not, not an adult. <laughs> and I, I, and I really, I was fascinated by that, by it, and I liked it, but I didn't know. And there was so many ambiguity in that, in that anime. For those who don't know, it's the the, the main character is a, is a man that transforms, becomes a woman when getting wet, which <laughs> makes things even weirder. Uh, it's very sexual. It's very sexual in the end. <laughs> uh, and and there's yeah there's a lot of ambiguity there and and gender bending and it's it was and I was really fascinated by it but now I understand why but back then I was just wanted I just both wanted to watch it and I was also very uncomfortable yeah. watching it yeah it's definitely like those little things when you see them as a child and and I have to say that we're g- again we're going to talk more about this um, yeah. in the next mm-hmm. episode but I kind of feel like. Out of all the, like, children-oriented media, at least when we were growing up, anime was the most progressive in terms of bending these stereotypes of gender and sexuality, which is kind of surprising considering how heteronormative heteronormative and how um, sort of rigid the social societal norms are in in Japan. Yeah, but it's all all other... Yeah, it's another another conversation. It's just a very interesting thing that... Uh, that we observed. Any closing remarks? No, uh, we'll talk about representation again. We'll give you a couple of things to uh, to watch on your free time. <laughs> or not watch. Or not watch, yes. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the terrible representations as well. Otherwise, if you have any suggestions, uh, something for us to talk about, please tweet it at us at by underscore positive uh, on Twitter or subscribe and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud.